And this is the 15-minute version of the show. We're back to it now that everything is really, really ramped up and we got plenty of Bulls news and we got plenty of conference news. Basketball, of course, which has kind of been the only game in town for the last six weeks or so, outside of the stray bowl game, of course, but really for the last couple of weeks, definitely only basketball. Now we add tennis, we add track and field, we have plenty to tell you about. So on Mondays, we give you a full 15-minute version of the show, separated from Bulls Beat. Wednesday and Friday, we will still do a shorter version of the conference show at the end of the hour, simply because there aren't as many midweek games. There's still enough, but not as busy as we had this weekend. And again, tennis got going. Pretty good start for the conference on both sides. But let's start off with men's basketball. And I don't know if it's good for the conference right now because, of course, as a league, you're hoping to get as many teams into the NCAA tournament as possible. Houston is a give-me, needless to say, and continues to lead the league. But the other teams, anytime you think someone is pressing into that second and third spot solidly, they have a slip-up. We witnessed it with UCF at the Yingling Center, but Memphis would be the other one that had the slip-up. What a dramatic game this was. More than 5,000 fans at Minges Coliseum, and really give them credit for sticking around because Memphis looked like they had rolled in this game. It was 44-30. to Tigers at the half and with six and a half minutes to go on a Tyler Harris three Memphis led 68 to 56 you figured ball game was over it was a 10 point game with 218 to go after a basket off a steal by Memphis Pirates hit a couple free throws then a three by Tristan Newton to get to within 70 to 65 with 90 seconds left then a turnover so ECU got the ball right back couldn't score missed a shot He figured it'd be okay on the other side. But Memphis turns it over, Suggs with the steal, leads to a foul, two free throws, and it's 70-67. to There's still plenty of time left. And then Vance Jackson hits a three, and the game is tied, and there's still 59 seconds left, a 10-0 run in less than 90 seconds. Both teams miss opportunities. Memphis gets fouled with 14 seconds to go. Lester Quinones hits the first shot, and I was watching. I was setting up to do the USF men's broadcast at Amelie Arena. Of course, I wanted to watch the end of this game. We have like three TVs in there. It's a great setup. And Kenyonis kind of like brushes off his shoulder like he just won the game. Like way too cocky of a reaction. And I couldn't help but think, man, he needs to uh, make sure they win the game. He missed the next free throw. East Carolina got it shot blocked with exactly a second to go. Got to play this highlight. And let's just say it. The ESPN Plus platform is outstanding they do so many college sporting events it's like you have to have it they've got of course i'm a big soccer fan a lot of international soccer the usl professional league is exclusive pretty much to espn plus so we get to watch all the rowdies games on there etc also allows you to watch college football they have some inside series that kind of thing now the thing is the announcers unlike the ones that you see on espn espn2 espnu and I guess sometimes ESPN News, who are more nationally based announcers, well, they can't have broadcasters that are based out of Connecticut to do every single ESPN Plus broadcast. It's impossible. So these schools are left to hire their own guys and gals and ladies and, of course, provide the facilities. USF is among the best in the country in the ones that we have. And, of course, Jim Lauk and Ryan Urquhart do a great job handling the bulk of the play-by-play. And don't get too crazy. Of course, they all want the Bulls to win, but... You really can't tell. Sometimes, maybe, here and there. But the point is, you're never going to hear Jim or Ryan go crazy and scream and yell and then, you know, be despondent when the other team scores. You're supposed to be neutral, is the point. Well, that went out the window. (laughs) 
here. This sounds like a good old timey radio call from a Homer announcer. I guess the excitement overtook the analyst as the East Carolina Pirates from underneath their own basket with one second and down by a point to Memphis try and win the game. Suggs. Yes! 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 Pirates win! Pirates win! Pirates win! Holy mackerel! Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! They're storming the court! That was something else. And by the way, overall record now, East Carolina, 11-5, Memphis, 9-7. and seven. You look at the latest net rankings as we're taping this on a Monday. Of course, Houston way up there at number four, then it drops all the way to 59. And that is probably not who you think it is. It's Cincinnati. Bearcats ahead of Memphis, now 63, SMU 66, UCF plunged from the 60s to 85 with that loss to the Bulls. Then Wichita is at 93. Why is that? Because Cincinnati beat the Shockers, who are 0-4 in the conference. They had a nice, rugged, non-conference slate that had them at 9-3, and and they have gone 0 for in the American. Grinded out game, close the entire way. Wichita had a look at a 3 with about 20 seconds left to tie it up, but couldn't hit. Cincinnati hit 10 threes, which is a good number, especially against the best perimeter defense in the conference, Wichita State. David DeJulius led the way with 18 points for Cincy. He hit three threes, as did Hayden Koval off the bench, scoring a season-high 13 points. Shockers just three of 10 on threes themselves, so they followed up that heartbreaking home defeat against Tulane with another tough home defeat against Cincinnati. Speaking of Tulane, well, SMU presses up to the second best mark in the league by ending Tulane's hot start, of course, the Green Wave, with the thrilling win at Wichita State. We're sitting on 4-1, and one, but the Mustangs got him from distance in the second half. Tulane was rolling along in the first half, led it 41-36, to 36, made 7 of 14 on threes, and boy, was that the difference in the second half. Tulane, which, of course, as you'll remember against the Bulls, were yucking it up, having a great time making unconsciously long three-point shots. Eh, Not against SMU. Try 0 for 5 in the second half. While the Mustangs were going 7 for 13 themselves, obviously that's going to be one-sided and SMU wins the game. 75 to 66. Kendrick Davis, all of his field goals from beyond the arc. 7 for 10. Only tried four other shots. Finished with 24 points along with four assists. Emmanuel Bandamel, he hit you know, just four three-point shots with 17 points. And the Weathers brothers added 11 and 10 points, respectively. And a combined Michael and Marcus Weathers went 12 for 13 at the free throw line. Mustangs just missed a couple of their 18 free throw attempts. Jalen Forbes was held down to just two of 11 shooting. Jalen Cook was outstanding with 23 points on a bulk shooting day, 8 for 21. So SMU becomes your new second place team jumping over Tulane. Mustangs 4 and 1, Tulane 4 and 2. Cincinnati is 3 and 2. So is Temple, though the Owls were idle this weekend. Memphis and East Carolina both on 500. UCF falls to 2 and 3 in the league, 10 and 5 overall. USF is 1 and 3, 6 and 10. And then Wichita and Tulsa are 0 and 4. Tulsa had a tough draw this weekend. 
being the team that played Houston. And boy, did this one almost have a crazy ending, much like the ECU win over Memphis. We told you how Memphis was up double digits. Well, Houston was up at the half in this one, 38-21. Game over, right? Cougars also, though, of course, already injured and shorthanded the sophomore point guard, Jamal Shedd, to an ankle injury in the first half. Still, seemed like it'd be fine. It was 64-52 with three minutes to go. But Jariah Horn hit a three. He scored 24 for Tulsa. Then in a span of just barely more than 90 seconds, Sam Griffin hit three three three-pointers, and it was 66-64 with a minute to go. But Houston basically got an extended possession because it missed a late shot in the shot clock, and it reset on the offensive rebound. Tulsa decided to defend, did get the chance because Houston missed. With six seconds to go, as freshman Anthony Pritchard tried a layup, missed it, and the Cougars hold on. It was a good quote from Calvin Sampson said, Tulsa always plays us tough here. We were on fumes in the second half. Coach Haith and his kids, they fight. I don't think I've ever seen a year with injuries like this, talking about his own team, but also we're 4-0 in the conference and we've only played one home conference game. I'm proud of our kids. Said how it was a 17-point game at the half. Tulsa actually had it down to one with 11 minutes to go, so Houston had to fight off two incredible runs by Tulsa, and I guess it shows you how tough the league is going to be if Tulsa's doing that and yet sits at 0-4 in the standings, and you have Wichita at 0-4 in the standings. Just one game that we'll be recapping for you on Wednesday's show. Again, we do a shorter version of Around the American on Wednesday and Friday. We put it at the end of the hour that starts off with two runnings of Bullsbeat. In fact, our game at Houston is one, and the other will be UCF at East Carolina. While I'm thinking of it, slipped my mind because we learned about it early Friday and all that happened over the weekend, but the one game has been rescheduled for the Bulls. They will play East Carolina, which was supposed to be the New Year's Day game at Yingling Center. It has been rescheduled for February the 17th, so that is going to be quite the busy time in Tampa. They'll be playing Tulane on Tuesday the 15th, then now East Carolina two days later, February the 17th at night. And then two days later, Saturday at noon against Tulsa. And now that I'm thinking of it, that'll be the first weekend of softball season. So it truly will be crazy and busy. Now on the women's side, USF plays Tulsa on Wednesday night. And that becomes a battle for fourth place because, well, UCF's undefeated in the conference at 4-0. SMU is 3-0 after a thrilling win against Tulane. And Temple, no doubt the surprise of the lot at 2-0. And really, kind of an in-control showing against Houston. Remember, the Cougars gave UCF a big-time scare on Tuesday. In fact, led after being behind by 15 entering the fourth quarter. So you figure Houston would go to Philly and make up for it. No, Temple jumped on top, led 21-17 after the first quarter. Never really threatened the rest of the way. They did use some full-court pressure to get the lead down to five at the end of the game but Temple earns the 62-54 to victory. So we've been talking about the teams that have improved greatly in the league, namely Tulsa and Wichita State, and then others who have slightly improved. Honestly, Temple was one that you could have said maybe they've gone down a little bit. Maybe not. Mia Davis, in her fifth year there, played the entire game, 22 points and nine rebounds. Only one other player in double figures was Alexa Williamson, with 10 points. Speaking of 10 points, that's how many Layla Blair scored to lead Houston, but 0 for 7 on threes, 2 for 15 from the floor, and after that inspiring performance against her former team UCF, Brittany Onyanjay, back to earth, 1 for 6. In fact, Temple in the second half shot just 6 for 22 from the floor, but 
14 for 16 from the free throw line, 7 for 8 exactly in the last two quarters. And Houston obviously wasn't hitting enough shots to make a comeback in this game. Second quarter really did them in 2 for 16. So you have three teams without a conference loss, just having played different amounts of games. UCF 4-0, then SMU 3-0, Temple 2-0. SMU won a thriller also on Friday night. In overtime, beat Tulane 67-62, the Green Wave. We're down nine with about two minutes left in the third quarter. Ended it on a 10-2 run, so it stayed close. Arsula Clark, who likes to drive and draw fouls and put her head down and fall down, did that at the end of the game. Didn't get the and one, but did make a big tying shot to force overtime, but SMU did enough in the OT. Kayla White scored five of her team-high 19 points, and Savannah Wilkinson, a six-foot transfer from FSU, who is averaging a double-double, 14 points and 17 rebounds. Remember how I kind of got a little perturbed as last Wednesday, Tulane's Kayla Anderson, who hadn't done much all year, hit a three at the end of the third quarter, kind of kept Tulane in the game. Well, she definitely kept them in this game because she was four of five on threes and their usual contributors outside of Clark, who had a fine game, 18 points. Didn't do much. Dinah Jones played just 17 minutes, five points. Crystal Freeman, their second leading scorer, was one for 10, three points. But Mia Heidi, who struggled against the Bulls, nearly played the whole game, went for 16 points. And I mentioned Anderson's four threes, scoring 14 again to keep Tulane in the game. But the Green Wave are 0-3 now. They've lost to the Bulls, UCF, and as you just heard, an overtime game at SMU. So I think Tulane will not finish 10th in the conference, which is where they sit right now, Cincinnati underneath them. Last place at 0-4. Boy, the Bearcats got destroyed by East Carolina. 71 to 48 on Saturday. And sometimes you got to look beyond the box score. You see that Cincinnati turned it over 31 times, which is an alarming number. Then you see that Akira Levy, their point guard, only played four minutes. She suffered a what looked like knee injury, taking a charge when the game was early on at just six to two. They went with Braylon Milton, a freshman who actually ended up leading them in scoring with nine points, but she turned it over eight times. Jillian Hayes, who now becomes their leading option if Levy is out, was four points shy of a, well, triple-double you don't want. Six points, 10 rebounds, but 11 turnovers. East Carolina got 22 from Raven Johnson and cruised to its first conference victory. And a team we've been telling you about is improved. Well, did not shoot the ball well on Sunday. Wichita State stunned at home by Memphis, 50-49. to The Tigers get their first conference win of the season. Never had a lead of more than eight, but did enough. Jamira shoots the only Tiger that scored more than six points, scored 15. Wichita, just 30% from the floor, shot eight for 28 in the second half. Their point guard, Seraphine Baston, did not score a point and only had one assist. That is a rare off night for her. Net ranking, UCF is 33, USF drops to 40, Houston's at 73, SMU and Tulsa the only other teams in the top 100. Full slate of games on Wednesday night, we'll preview those for you on Wednesday's show. And we mentioned tennis got going actually on Saturday with the SMU men beating Purdue 4-3, a thriller, and Tulsa dropping a thriller against Cal by the same score. Actually, four matches today and a lot of women's action already. We'll talk about tennis more on Wednesday's show. But that's going to do it for the Monday version of Around the American. We'll also give you the Players of the Week on Wednesday's show as we've recorded this one in the morning before those announcements were made. Thanks for checking it out. I'm Derek Sharp.